Leviticus chapter 26, verses 1 through 13. And the word of God reads like this. It says, You shall not make idols for yourself or erect an image or pillar. And you shall not set up a figured stone in your land to bow down to it. For I am the Lord your God. And you shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. For I am the Lord. If you walk in my statutes and observe my commandments and do them. Then I will give you your rains in their seasons. And the land shall yield its increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last to the time of the grape harvest, and the grape harvest shall last to the time for sowing. And you shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land securely. I will give you peace in the land, and you shall lie down, and none shall make you afraid. And I will remove harmful beasts from the land, and the sword shall not go through your land. And you shall chase your enemies, and they shall fall before you by the sword. Five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall chase ten thousand. And your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. I will turn to you and make you fruitful and multiply you, and will confirm my covenant with you. You shall eat old store long kept. And you shall clear out the old to make way for the you. And I will make my dwelling among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. In other words, and I will respect you. God says, and I will respect you. Wow. And I will walk among you and will be your God, and you shall be my people. And I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that you should not be their slaves. And I have broken the bars of your yoke and made you walk erect. And I have broken the bars of your yoke and made you walk erect. Erect. You know, we serve the God of increase. He's the God of increase. But he's not a get-by God. The God that we serve is not a get-by God. He's not a barely-making-it God. He is the God of sufficiency, church. But not only is God the God of all sufficiency, but in Him is all proficiency. From Him comes all excellency. And like Him, there is no equivalency. Let me say that again. He is not a get-by God. He is not a barely-making-it God. He is the God of sufficiency. In in, In Him is all proficiency. And from Him comes all excellency. And like him, there is no equivalency. God is not worried about the need. He's not tempted by want. He doesn't dry up. God doesn't dry up. He has the power to exhaust with blessing without being exhausted himself. He cannot be outgiven. He cannot be stopped. What he blesses cannot wither. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. But I'm here to tell you this morning that what is connected to God cannot die. Blessed be the name of God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What is connected to God cannot die. It will not fail whatever is connected to God. It cannot be deprived of blessing what is connected to God. Like a child in womb fed through the umbilical cord. So is the favor of God for his children always ever flowing. It does not fail. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. We serve the God of increase. And so I believe and declare that the increase of God is over your life, church. Open your eyes. And don't allow the increase of God to find you with a tired tongue. Let me say that again. Open your eyes. And don't allow for the blessing and the increase of God over your life to find you with a tired tongue. Don't allow the increase of God to find you tired and shaky in in a discouraged faith. Increase is coming to your life. Increase is coming to your spiritual life. Increase is coming to your body. 
Increase is coming to your family. Increase is coming to that business. Increase is coming to your job. But don't you allow God to bring the blessing with the tired faith. Don't allow God to find you with the tired tongue. Have him come and find you persevering. Believing that though opposition is up against your life. Let God find you plowing. Let God find you working. Let God find you believing. Let God find you in the trenches. Let God find you saying I will not give up. Let God find you saying I'm going to believe until I see it come. I see fat clouds coming and approaching your life church. And you have been trusting God. You've been serving God. You've been loving God. Laboring in God. And you have not turned to your left or to your right. Don't you start thinking that God is not a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Increase is coming, church. Increase is coming. Increase is coming. Increase is coming. Why? Because his eye is always on the sparrow. Galatians chapter 6 verses 9 declares, Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time. Come on, somebody. For at the proper time. For at the proper time. For at the proper time. Your time to shine is now. Your time of abundance is now. Your time to stretch is now. Your time of greatness is now by faith. The Bible says you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. And God wants to give his people increased. He's not pleased that his people trampled upon. He does not rejoice seeing the lack in his people. He does not rejoice in his people being held back. We need to get back to that place that what we need we can ask God for. Let me say it again. We need to get back to that place of faith that what we need, we can ask God for. What we need, we can ask God for. What we need, we can ask God for. I'm not into this intellect that says, you know, God will, will, will teach you how to get it. No, I believe in miracles. I believe that God sends it where it doesn't belong. I believe that God sprouts up where it doesn't grow. I believe that God sends rain where it is impossible for rain to be at. See, you're not hearing what I'm saying because you're trying to figure out intellectually. Intellect will never understand the power of God. But I've come this morning to tell you, Grab a hold of the power of God. He'll do miracles in your life that intellect can't get for you. He'll do miracles in your life that knowledge cannot sum up for your life. You want to see checks your way. You want to see favor your way. You want to see increase your way. Ain't no smart going to get that. It is going to be the power of God. It's going to be his favor over your life. It is going to be his grace over your life. I think sometimes we come too intellectual to God. We come too intellectual before him. We want to be smart with God. And some say, well, I'm, I'm not trying to be smart. But you're trying to understand how God is going to formulate your blessing. You cannot fathom how God's going to do it. It is too great the way God is going to do it. The only thing you got to do is simply say, God is going to bless me. God is going to open it. God is going to favor my life. God is going to increase. You're saying, I need a house. Just say it. Declare it. I'm going to get the house. I'm going to go and apply, and I'm going to be accepted. And if they don't accept me, God's going to make a way. You're not understanding what I'm saying because you're, you're still trying to stick to the intellect. But when the power of God is in your life, you ain't worried about what you know or what you don't know. You're just focused on what God can do. Let me say it again. Because you're trying to add, add uh, and subtract and add pluses and minuses. But when you're moving in the power of God, God opens doors that are remarkable to your life. You don't understand why he opened it, how he opened it. But you're saying, God, I believed you and you're going to do it. We need to start getting back to the faith that relies on the power of God. The power that resurrected Jesus. When Paul came back, he said, I didn't want to hear your testimonies. I didn't want to hear about nothing of you guys, of how you came. All I wanted to know was about the power of Jesus. Jesus and God the resurrecting him from the dead. We got to get back to that place when we say the power of God is enough. The power of God is enough to open that door, to qualify you for that home, to get you that vehicle, to get you that job. You might be walking into the job unqualified, but the power of God will qualify you. The power of God will make a way. The power of God will open the door. The power of God will move the mountain in your life. Your needs aren't many before God. God is pleased in blessing his children. But increase is what God wants to give his people. What kind of increase does God want to give his people? Write this down. First thing we have to consider. We have to consider obedience that unlocks increase. You know, we talk about obedience all the time. And, and if I said, have you ever heard me say, 
that obedience unlocks blessing. You've heard me say that many times. When you're obedient, God blesses. In obedience, we find blessing. But I want to talk to you what type of obedience. Let's get thorough a bit. How many want to get thorough? Amen. Look what verses 3 declares. If you walk in my statutes and observe my commandments and do them. Again, if you walk in my statutes and observe my commandments and do them. I want to just say this. Obedience is not on the things that is said to be done. Obedience is on how you do it. And this is revelation here because we look at obedience and we start looking at the Ten Commandments. Okay? And when we start looking at the Ten Commandments, we say obedience. Obedience is not merely on the Ten Commandments. It is a nature. It is a posturing in our spirit. It is our identity. Because when we start making our obedience on what we see, then we start figuring if we want to do them or not. But when your obedience is on God and not on what you read in the commandments, whatever God asks you to do, you will do it. And see, many times we, we try to value what we read and figure if we can be obedient. When a believer is obedient, he's not worried about what the Ten Commandments say. All he is saying is, I'm obedient to God in his nature and who he is. And whatever God says, I'm going to do. No questions asked. And so look at this. He gives us the secret here. If you walk in my statutes. He gives us two things. He gives us an action and he gives us a direction. If you walk in my statutes. Another action and another direction. And observe my commandments. Come on somebody. Are you seeing this? And do them. Again, we see two things here. Walk in what? A direction of God. Observe in a direction of God and do in the direction of God. We're noticing two things here. God's standard and your action for it. Let me say this. God's standard and your action. He said you got to walk, you have to observe, and you have to do. Three, statutes, commandments, and them. Come on, somebody. You're understanding what I'm saying. So I believe many times we do not unlock all that God has in store for us until we learn how to obey him meticulously. Let me say it again. I believe many times we do not unlock all that God has in store for us until we start learning how to obey God meticulously. We need to start striving to obey God detailedly. Come on, somebody. We need to start starting obeying God detailedly. We got to start obeying God thoroughly. We got to start obeying God extensively. We got to start obeying God precisely. Not religiously, but carefully. Come on. I just wanted to correct that because you're saying, oh man, oh, you know, no grace. No, no, there's grace. God wants you to obey Him, not religiously, but carefully. Consciously, not aimlessly, but totally, intensively, and rigorously. Hebrews eleven six 6 declares, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God, 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 for he who comes to God. Get rowdied up, church, because for he who comes to God must believe first. You must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. To those who diligently seek him. Three things here that are the key when it comes to what it truly means to live in obedience for God. Number one is this. You got to walk obediently. You got to walk obediently. You know, to walk means to follow a certain course of life or to conduct oneself in a certain way. That's what it means to walk. In more simpler terms, it means to literally take action and direction with your two feet on the ground to walk. But in the biblical definition of understanding of it, because we, we see walk a lot throughout the Bible, what it's meaning is to follow a certain course of life. Or to conduct oneself in a certain way. Let me say that we need to begin to obey God in a walking manner, church. Verse 3 says, if you walk in my statutes. Let me say this. Obedience cannot merely be a Sunday thing. We have got to strive to obey God daily. 
To walk in His statutes means we are continuously allowed to be impacted by God's standard. Amen? Impacted by God's standard in what? In our lives, in the flesh. Not just in our easy spiritual being on Sunday morning when you can't act out or cuss out or fight or do whatever you're going to do. God wants for there to be walking in obedience on an everyday level. Amen. Amen? Let me say something. If you are, uh, uh, if you are uh, sighing when you walk into church like, whew, I'm finally here, then it, it tells me that you're not uh, uh, per persevering in obedience outside. And, uh, you know, I, I get it at times. You know, if, it is a relief to come into God's house. But we ought to be coming in joyful, not retreating. Amen. Let me say it again. We ought to be coming joyful into his courts, not retreating from battle. Amen. Let me say it again. We ought to be coming in joyful into his presence, not retreating from battle, all beat up. Our swords are dull, you know. We're all tracateados uh, spiritually, you know. We don't have no more joy. Uh, I need to get filled up. No, you ought to be coming in praising God in a joyful spirit. Why? Because you're living it outside as well. We need to begin to obey God in a walking manner outside of church, not just Sunday mornings, daily, walking in His statutes. It means to continuously be allowed to be impacted by God's standard in our lives in the flesh. I dare you to start walking in His statutes and see what increase begins to unlock in your life. I dare you to start believing God in obedience and you start seeing where God starts to bless you at. Where God starts to bless you at. Where God starts to bless you at. Trust Him. Test him in this and see that he won't open up the windows of heavens and pour out blessings that you can't even contain. You start believing God. We say give to see God in greatness. No, no. I want you to obey so much that God has no other option but to bless you. Let me say it again. I want you to obey so much of God so that when you see the fruit of your obedience, it is blessing. It is increase. It is prosperity. It is favor. It is grace. Wherever you go, you say, well, pastor, you know, I'm looking to get this house. I'm looking to get this car. I'm, I'm looking to get this. God blesses obedient children. He gives his children that are obedient blessings. And you might say, well, I don't qualify. Well, how is God going to qualify me? That is what the power of God moves on. It moves on obedience. God will send quail to you. God will send rivers in your desert. God will allow manna to come down. Do you know what manna means? What is? Do you know what that is? That means what God gives every morning. See, when you're trusting in the power of God through obedience, there ain't no money that can buy the blessing. There ain't no social standard that can buy the blessing. There ain't no way that you can acquire the blessing. But when you obey God, come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. When you obey God when you obey God blessing comes to your life begin to walk obediently church what it means to live obediently to God number two it means to observe obediently not only walk obediently but observe obediently to observe means to watch take heed notice or perceive something but I love this part and register it as significant oh, I love that again to Observe means to watch, take heed, notice or perceive something. But many times we just stop there. I love this next portion because it broadens our view of what observing God's word means. And register it as significant. In other words, and register it as to have value. Wow. It's very important to consider this detailed piece of obedience. Why? Because do you read the word with intention or out of emotion? To observe means you look at it intently with the intention of doing. Let me say it again. When you read the word of God with intention, in other words, you're reading it to do it. No questions asked. You seek the word of truth with the intention to apply. And I want to say something. God knows if you're just reading that Bible for yourself to say that I read. And God knows when you're reading it to apply. Mm, I love this. I'm not going to say you're obedient in observing by how many verses you can tell me. Because anybody can remember verses. What God wants to know is are you reading intentionally or emotionally? Because if you're reading intentionally, we never talk about this type of obedience. Because this is a type of obedience that only God can see in your heart. 
You see, when you obey God intentionally and not emotionally, what you're saying to God is everything you say is no questions asked. I'm obeying it. I'm, I'm reading it intentionally, not to see if I like it. When you open up this word, don't you ever open it up saying, let's see what I like. You open up this word saying what it is is what it is. I'm going to live by it. I'm going to walk by it. I'm going to think by it. I'm going to reason by it. I'm going to process by it. What the word is, is what the word is. The all of the words, so help me God. The word and nothing but the word, so help me God. But are you observing obediently? Not just looking. Are you registering the word of God as significant? Because God knows when you're not registering his word significantly. He knows when you read it and say, ah, I don't know. It's the one thing that we have to live accountably, personally with God. Because in the fear of God, we know he sees genuine, the genuine condition of our hearts. Sometimes we read or hear the word of truth, but you do not automatically register it as significant. I'll give you an example. You say amen, and in your heart you declare, I'm not ready for that. I think a lot of that happens on Sunday. We say, amen. But in our hearts, we're like, uh-uh, no way. God knows. God saw that. Amen. God saw that. Hallelujah. God saw that, too. But God saw that. God saw that when you said, amen, hallelujah, praise God. But in your heart. You were far from obedience. In your heart, you had already declared, I'm not doing that. How many times have you said amen, and in your heart you said, I'm not doing that? You can fool man, but you can't fool God. <laughs> this is just, just out of wisdom. We, we, we talk tithe, and many times we say amen, but we don't tithe. We say amen to what the promises we, we know that come through tithing. Amen. That, that promise comes through that. Amen. But we don't do it. It's saying amen. But in our hearts, we're far away from the truth. In other words, you observed, but not with the intention of registering as significant. How many times do we get into God's word and you're not observing obediently? You're observing emotionally. Because you're coming to God's word as if it's, you know, that little thing you put a quarter in and, you know, that little mono that's inside her that reads your, your tarot, you know. God's not like that. I, I, we were on the freeway. I was heading to Antioch yesterday, and there's a, there's a, a, a palm reading place uh, uh, by Merced. And, and I was going there. There was two cars, two people walking out of there. I said, man, if only they knew. If only they knew that they just got to obey God. God will put, set in order the questions of their life. God will set in order. God will show. God will reveal. But they want to pay for revelation. You can't pay for revelation. Obedience gets you revelation. You, you can't pay for a raise in your job. Obedience gets you a raise in your job. Amen? And I'll say this. The devil does miracles too. But you'll know that it's of God if it lasts. If it doesn't last, then you manipulated it. Because what God does, it lasts. What God does, it prevails. Come on, somebody. Through hardship, it prevails. It prevails. And so we, we have to see, are we observing the word of truth intentionally or are we re, uh, uh, observing it emotionally? Come on, start growing in your faith, church, because to obediently observe his commandments means no questions asked. Yes, God, you're right, God, and I'm not fighting it, God. That's what to observe obediently means. Not denying it, not ignoring it, but okay, God, if your word says it, I'm doing it. We want to be blessed abundantly, but we don't want to have that type of faith. We want increase in our lives, but we live this life with questions asked. Don't you question God. You just obey God. God told you to do something. You obey him. God told you to go somewhere. You obey him. 
Don't you say no to God. Don't you ignore his word. Don't you deny his word. You say, okay, God, if your word says it, I'm doing it. To obey God meticulously means to observe obediently. Number three, it means to do obediently. Now look at this. This is a beautiful thing, and I want you to learn this. To do means, it, it kind of seems as if do, how do you get a long definition for do? Right? But look at what it says do means. To perform, to work on, bring to completion, solve or work out. Amen? Again, it means to perform, to work on, bring to completion, solve or work out. Look what Philippians 2.12 declares. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now even more in my absence. Amen? Continue to work out. Continue to work out what? Your salvation with fear and trembling. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Did you know that that verse unlocks great increase in God? Because what you're saying is, I'm going to do. I'm going to figure out how to obey God. Nothing is going to hinder. Nothing is going to stop what God is asking me to do. You're finding out a way. And you know, I'm just going to say it like this. In the world, you found a way to be in your travesuras. In the world, you found a way to get it. In the world, you found a way to cheat. But when it comes to God, it seems as if we lost our tenacity, we lost our courage, we lost our courageousness in God and saying, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure out how to obey God. I'm going to figure out how to get there. I'm going to work it out. I don't know how, God, but I'm going to do it. You, you know, travesuras, you didn't have no money, but you borrowed. Borrowed, you figured it out. Sold cans, I don't know, took cans and got $3. Hey, three bucks is something. But in God, ah, $3 ain't nothing. It's like in my mind, do obediently is much more in grace. We, we, offer, we offered more tenacity and more will in the world than we do for God. To do obediently means you're working it out, and I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure it out. When you start obeying God this way, God will start moving mountains on your behalf. When you start to operate in your faith this way and saying, God, I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to obey you because you said it. Have you ever trusted God when God said do something? You say, I don't know how I'm going to do that. Have, has God ever asked you to release more than what you have? Many times the Lord has asked me to release more than what I have. And God says, will you obey me or will you make excuses? I say, I'm going to do it. Because doing it means working it out. And let me say this. Tough times are going to come in your faith, but you work it out. Why? Because in it, you're blessed. <laughs> because it goes farther than just sowing. This is much deeper than just sowing. This means that as you're obeying God, and then all of a sudden, the devil himself steps in your face, gets in your face. And you say, because I'm a doing Christian, and not just an emotional Christian, I'm going to figure out. How to get around you, Satan, so that I'm able to obey God. Amen. It means that when you fall, you get right back up. Amen. I'm going to tell you what blesses you. Not that you don't sin, but that when you do sin, you get right back up. Because seven times a man falls and seven times a man gets right back up. Let me say that again. You know, you're blessed. Not when you say, I'm sinless. No, it is when you say, I have fallen, but I get right back up. Why? Because I'm a doing believer. I'm a doing believer. I don't stop believing God. I don't stop believing that God is going to finish the work that he began in me. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. We got to start doing obediently with God. The type of obedience that unlocks increase is the type that finds a way and does not give up just like when Jacob wrestled with the angel for his blessing. The Bible says that his hip was broken out of place. And the Bible says that Jacob didn't let go of the angel until daybreak. At times, doing obediently means wrestling for your increase. In spite of what? Abandonment. Wrestling for your increase in spite of criticism. Wrestling for your increase in spite of persecution. Wrestling for your increase in spite of ridicule. Wrestling for your increase 
although doors are closing in your face. I love saying that. Doors are closing in your face. Oh, man, that, that hurts. Doors are closing in your face, but you wrestle until you get blessed. You don't stop until you get blessed. God loves a persevering faith. When you do not give up easily. <laughs> Jacob said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I'm not going to stop uh, pursuing until I'm blessed. I'm not going to stop fighting until I'm blessed. I'm not going to stop hanging on. I don't care if it's by a thread. I ain't going to let it go. I ain't going to give up in the faith. Why? I don't care if there's sickness. I don't care if there's famine. I don't care if there is a, you know, a pandemic. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to continue to persevere. I don't care if you lost your job. God will give you another one. But you're wrestling for your increase in spite of all things. That's what it means to obey God, to do obediently. Do you know what to do obediently means? It is saying to your flesh and to the enemy who has a hit on your life. Come at me. Because I'm not letting go until I'm blessed. It's telling the enemy and your flesh in life, come at me, bro. Because I ain't letting go until I'm blessed. And I'm going to say this, God will always give you double for your trouble. And when the devil picks a fight with you, he gots to surrender double. Come on. When the devil picks a fight with you, he gots to surrender double back to you. Why? Why do I say this? Because Isaiah 61, 7 declares, instead of shame, my people will have double portion. Instead of humiliation, they will rejoice in their share. And so they will inherit a double portion in their land and everlasting joy will be theirs. I'll tell you something. God will give you double for your trouble if you do obediently, if you begin to live obediently. What kind of increase does God give to those that have this obedience? The increase of unfailing resource. Verse 4, look what it says. Then I will give you rains in their seasons, and the land shall yield its increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. You know, what is God implying here? The people of Israel counted on two important rain seasons and showers throughout the year. Do you know what they were? The early rain and the latter rain. Two rain seasons were very important to the people of Israel in their abundance. If the early rain didn't make it, they would have a poor harvest when it came to the latter rain, expecting the latter rain. When a drought was on the earth, God was showing his people they didn't have early rain or latter rain. These were two important showers that happened for the people of God. And it displayed that God had favor on his people. It signified the blessing and abundance of God. The early and latter rain. The early rain came in October, the beginning of November. And the latter rain came in the month of March, the beginning of April. Let me say this. But what God is declaring here as a promise of increase to his people is that rain will come when it's needed. And it will not fail. Look what it says here. Then I will give you your rains in their seasons. Then I will give you the rains in their seasons. Then I will give you your rains in your seasons. What he's saying is the early rain ain't going to fail you. The latter rain ain't going to fail you. How many times are you saying, God, when are you coming, God? When, when are you going to? When you're trusting God and, and you know that you have your faith in God, the blessing will always be on time. Source will be on time at all times. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. And as a promise of increase is that rain will come when it needs to come. You see, Egypt had a river to supply water. And this is powerful here. You get this revelation, you never let it go. Because this is the Christian life in God. This is the Christian life for those that trust God. You can stay in Egypt with your river. Or you can go out in the desert where God will provide water every day. You can stay in Egypt where there is a river. Or you can go out in the desert and see God do miracles every day. I would pick the desert over Egypt any day. Because to see God's abundant power day after day, manna every day, water every day, it's telling me that God is with me, that God is for me, and nothing can be against me of the one that is in me. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. You can either go back to Egypt and rely on the river, or you can go out in the desert and rely on God. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. I'd pick the heavens over the river readily every, every day. God's manna over the local bread shop any day. Let me say it again. I'd pick the heavens over the river readily 
available any day. I'd, I'd rather pick God's manna over the local bread shop any day. If I didn't have to go to food school and God sent me a loaf of bread every day, whoo, man, I'd be so very happy because God's bread would be better than all of the bread that can be made on, in the world. Look at this. But your source has its commitments. I'd rather rely on God over any other source that the world can offer me. Your job might find somebody faster. Your job might find somebody younger. <laughs> your job might pick somebody more talented. But a child of God is never replaced. Let me say it again. A child of God is never replaced. You start it and you retire in it. God is not saying we got to get rid of him now before, you know, he, 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 he passes away on us because, you know, we're going to have to pay the, you know, and, and better pension. No, no. God says this is one you start and this is one you finish with. And I'm good. I'm a good boss. The child of God is never replaced. The world blesses the working, killing you. For an extra 60 bucks. But God increases the obedient without a limit or without a tap. God is the God of on-time resource. And what kind of increase does God give to those that have this obedience? Number three, unfinishable harvest. This is very powerful here. You get this. Verse five, your threshing shall last to the time of grape harvest and the grape harvest shall last to the time for sowing. And you shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land securely. In the rain that comes, we see that there are two major times for harvest. In each of these rain seasons, the early rain and in the latter rain. Remember, early rain is October, November. Latter rain in the Bible is March, April. But in each of these harvests, uh, in these rain seasons, there was harvest to pick before the rain season came. So in other words, they had to pick the harvest before the rain began again. So that the seed would be in the ground ready for water to hit it. What God is saying is you won't even be able to pick all of your harvest before rain comes again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wake up in the morning saying, I'm not going to be able to pick everything. I'm going to have to say, oh, man, here comes the rain again. Man, I didn't even get to finish my harvest. I didn't even get to press the floor all the way. I didn't even get to press the wine all the way. God again is sending blessing again. I pray that that type of increase begins to come into your life. Unfinishable harvest in your family. Unfinishable harvest in your job. Unfinishable harvest in your, in your business. Unfinishable harvest in your finances. Amen. Type of increase God gives to his children is the type of increase that does not even allow you enough time to gather your whole harvest in before another seed time takes place for a new harvest. So harvest was in March and the threshing the ground or gathering the full harvest, it would go to about July. So put it like this. They would have their seed in the ground by March and by July they were already uh, uh, picking the harvest. They had to finish picking the harvest by July so that by July the ground being readily available, they would plant the new seeds for the early rain, October, November. So the seed would be there and they would put the seed in, waiting, watering for the early rain to begin again on the seed. And God is telling you what? God is promising that when July comes, that they would still see the lands full, not being able to finish the harvest. I pray you see harvest to the point of sowing once again and not seeing enough time to get it all before more blessing comes your way. Have you ever been bombarded by blessings before? Oh, not me, Pastor, never me. Well, I pray you start. I pray one blessing after another just come, just slap you every day, just out of nowhere. That you are stunned by God's goodness. You know, that, that's never happened to me. You liar. You're telling me that God has never provided for a bill that you didn't have enough for. And then all of a sudden you see blessing in your groceries. And then after your groceries, you see enough for your gas. And then you go to work and they say, hey, um, we, we had um, uh, a position open for, you know, more pay and more hours. Do you want it? Uh, let me think. Let me check my schedule. You, you have been 
astonished by God's goodness. And I'm telling you, that is God's way of showing you that the harvest cannot be picked up all the way before new blessing begins to make it in your life. I pray that you would begin to live in that environment more. I pray you see harvest to the point of sowing once again and not having enough time to get pick it all up before more blessing comes your way. What kind of increase does God give to those that have this type of obedience? The walking, the observing, and the doing type of obedience. Number four, he gives them in uninterrupted peace. Verse six through eight, I will give peace in the land and you shall lie down and none shall make you afraid and I will remove harmful beasts from the land and the sword shall not go through your land and you shall chase your enemies and they will fall before you by the sword. Five of you shall chase a hundred and a hundred of you shall chase 10,000. That alone is just a powerful revelation and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. An increase of peace God wants to give you. Such a blessing it was for the people of Israel to sleep. Did you know that? Such a blessing it was for them to sleep and rest that the city would not be besieged or attacked. Not only are they to have rich harvest, but the Lord will grant them peace among themselves so that they shall be able to retire at night without any anxiety or fear of robbers. I declare to you in Jesus' name that the enemy is not going to rob your sleep no more. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would begin to walk in the increase of rest in your life. That God has all things under control. You don't got to lose any more hours of sleep through the night. I pray increase in your rest. You shall lay down and your enemy will not make you afraid. You shall lay down and anxiety shall not be on your mind. You shall lay down and fear shall not drive you with your eyelids open. You shall lay down and say, God is my shepherd. For he is my shepherd, I shall not want. Though I'm going to wake up and I don't know if God will provide it. But God, the one thing that the devil is not going to steal from me is my sleep. If anything, I'm sleeping sound. It's time for you to start making the devil have nightmares. It's time for you to start having the devil awake. That he would be awake saying, man, I don't know what he's up to. That you would be sound asleep in the peace of God that is the abundance that God wants to give his people that is the increase that God wants to give his children an increase of sleep an increase of sleep an increase of sleep look at verse 7 and 8 you shall chase your enemies and they shall fall before you by the sword five of you shall chase a hundred and a hundred of you shall chase ten thousand and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword the devil is afraid of you did you know that the devil is afraid of you. Hallelujah. The devil is afraid of you. You still don't, you're not understanding because you ought to walk with your head up because the devil's afraid of you. He's a punk. Straight up. He's a punk. Yeah, he's a punk. That devil, he's a punk. He's scared of me. Punk him all you want. Yeah, he, he ain't got no power. He ain't got no authority. The authority is in you. You have the power to trample on serpents. Not him. He's subjected to his children, God's children. The devil subjects to the children of God. Don't you ever think you don't got authority? You walk with that power of God. And I'll tell you something. You shall chase your enemy out. Don't you say, well, who's going to do it? For me? No, no, no. You chase your enemy out. Who's going to pray for you? No, 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 no. You're going to chase that enemy out. There's authority in your life. I love praying for people. I love praying for situations. But it brings joy to me when I see vigor in the life of the believer. It, it brings joy to me when I see authority. Ain't no devil going to push me around. Not in my house. How do you get when somebody comes in here, they try to shot call. Who, who do you think you are? What would you do if you didn't know somebody, they walked into your house and opened your refrigerator? What are you doing opening my refrigerator? Came home, you're ready to lay down on the bed, and you walk in and somebody's laying down like you. Would, would you say, oh, I'm sorry. Would you say, hey, um, I got my pantry over there if you want more food over there. Crusty feet all over your brand new couches. Would you say, um, let me bring you the ottoman. <laughs> and that's how you act to a punk devil. 
sometimes. That's how you act to a punk devil. Like he got authority. Like he can walk all through your house as if he's shot caller. He ain't no shot caller. He's a punk. You got to start treating him like this. That you shall chase your enemies and they will fall by the sword. But you say, you know, I've been going, I haven't been going to church, you know, that long. That's all right. Five of you shall chase a hundred. Well, you know, I, I haven't been praying, you know, up, you know, I, I, I don't know too many verses. No, the Bible says a hundred of you shall chase 10,000. Look at the power of God that's in your life. The devil is afraid of you for greater is he that is in you than he who is out in the, the world. The principle behind this particular increase of promise is remarkable. Look at the ratio of 5 to 100 is routing 20. But the ratio of 100 to 10,000 is routing 100. Gideon's 300 defeated 135 Midianites. 135,000 Midianites. 300 to 135. 135,000. Jonathan and his armor bearer alone defeated a Philistine army. Hallelujah. In Kings, 2 Kings chapter 7, God sent the sound of mighty army to the camp of the Syrians laying siege to the city of Samaria. But from that story, you could say that God used four lepers. Hallelujah. God used four lepers to make that sound and cause the Samaritans to run and flee to defeat the Syrian army of many thousands. Four lepers did it. Don't you tell me you're not many in God if God is for you. Who can be against you? Greater is he that is in you than he who is out in the world. Don't you say there's somebody more qualified. When God chooses the man and the woman of God, nothing can stop what God has motioned forward. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. You don't need to be many, but the increase of God is causing your enemy to flee. What kind of increase does God give to those that have this obedience? The obedience of walking in obedience. Observing in obedience and doing in obedience. I finish here. Bounty to the point of forceful release. Let me say it again. God gives increase to the point of bounty to where you have to forcefully release. Verses 9 and 10 says, I will turn to you and make you fruitful and multiply you and confirm my covenant with you. And you shall eat a store, old store long kept and you shall clear out the old to make way for the new. You say, well, I don't understand what he's saying here. Just like he declares that there will be no idle time between your harvest and your sowing. Look at this. He is also saying that you need to get this in your spirit. Increase is coming so great to your life that the spirit of stinginess will be replaced forcefully with the spirit of generosity. That's the type of increase God wants. We Mexicans know what I'm saying. Codo. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the sickness called codocitis? <laughs> Stingy. The spirit of stinginess. When increase begins to come to your life, stinginess begins to be replaced with generosity forcefully. And I want to tell you why. Because he said what? I will turn to you and make you fruitful and multiply you and will confirm my covenant with you. And you shall eat old store long kept and you shall clear out the old to make way for the new. In other words, you're going to say, here comes the new. Here comes it. We got to get rid of this old stuff. I mean, what are we going to do? You're going to try to eat it all and you won't be able to. So what do you, what's left? Give it away. I pray that you would begin to live in the increase of giving it away because you cannot keep it any longer. God wants to give you increase so great that by force you will be forced to be generous. Just to make room for the new that is continually coming to your life by God. Increase is coming to your life. But, you know, understand this. I pray you begin to say, if we, if, if we keep it, it's going to go bad. We got to give it away. I pray that you begin to say, if we keep it, it's going to go bad. We got to give it away. Because you know more that God is bringing to your life. Deuteronomy 28, 12 declares, the Lord will open to you his good treasury. Come on, somebody say good treasury. 
and it's never exhausted. It does not run dry. It does not run out. The good treasury of God, God will open for you. The heavens to give the rain to your land in its season and bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 declares, the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25 declares, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. What kind of increase does God give to those that obey Him? The increase of His presence in us. Somebody say, God's presence in my life. God's presence in my life. This is the type of increase that God wants to give His children. The, 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 the presence, His presence in your life continually. That is the type of increase that God wants to give you in your life. Now bear with me, church. What kind of increase does God want to give to those that have this obedience? His presence in us. Verse 11 through 13 says, I will make my dwelling among you and my soul shall not abhor you. And I will walk among you and you will be, I will be your God and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt that you should not be their slaves. And I have broken the bars of your yoke and made you walk erect. Look at this. It was God that took you out of Egypt. By his power. It was God that led you through the wilderness. By his power. And it is God's presence that will send you an increase. By his power. He took you out of slavery. He broke the bars of your yoke. And he made you walk erect. He made you walk straight. But you need more of his presence. If you're going to walk continually in the increase of God. Look what Moses said in Exodus 33, 14 through 16. And the Lord said to Moses, my presence will go with you. And again, he says, and I will give you what? Rest. Rest. If your presence does not go with us, Moses replied, do not take us up from here. Now, this is powerful. Look what Moses says. For how then can it be known that your people and I have found favor in your sight? Unless you go with us. How else will we be able to be distinguished from all the other people from the face of the earth if you do not go with us? Wow. Isn't it beautiful when you walk and you function in this life and what you have People see God in it. They say, man, that he's blessed by God. They honor the type of person that you are because they know that by the morality and ethic and the obedience that you display openly to God before them, they can see the blessings of God in your life. How many times do we hide our obedience among men? God says, if you won't honor me before men, I won't honor you before my father. And God wants to bring increase to our lives, but he says, the increase that I want to give you, first of all, and above everything, is the increase of my presence. Because if my presence will go with you, I don't care if it's a desert. I don't care if it's a wilderness. I don't care if it's a lost job. I don't care if it's a repo. I don't care if it's a foreclosure. Look at this, because we often say, well, uh, through the valley of the shadow, but we don't get exact on what times, what things we go through in the valley of the shadow of death. If it's sickness, as long as God's presence is going with you, increase is following. Where God's presence is, the increase of God is there. Where God's presence is, the increase of God is right there with you. Don't you fear death. Don't you fear loss. Don't you fear abandonment. Where the presence of the Lord is, 
there's increase. What God touches has no other option but to be blessed. What God touches has no other option to be blessed. God is a God of multiplication and God is a God of addition. He took the bread and the fish, multiplied it. Multiplied it. I was stating this on one of our runs that I have, and I said, you know, God doesn't want to use sometimes what you don't have to produce what you don't have. At times, God wants to see your faith with what you have so that He can produce what you don't have. And sometimes we come before God and we say, God, this ain't enough. God says, you give, put it in my hands and it'll be enough. Dedicate it to me and you'll see what I can do with it. Put it in my hands and see that I won't multiply it for the need. They said, all we have are just but these loaves and fish. He said, it's enough. Bring it. They're saying, what? 5,000 men, not even including women and children? And you're saying it's enough? God says, bring it. Bring it. Why? Because my presence is here with you. And where my presence is, there's increase. My, where my presence is, there is increase. Where God's presence is at, there is increase. Where God's presence is at, there is increase. You walk into your job with the presence of God, you watch there be increase. You walk into the store with the presence of God, you watch there be increase. Open your refrigerator with the presence of God, and you'll see that there'll be increase. Before you touch the door of your car, you say, by faith, touch that door and see that there is increase. I pray that you begin to, by faith, start touching things with the presence of God. Don't be afraid of walking into something. You might feel de uh, uh, deficient. You might feel incapable. You might feel unqualified. But when you're walking in the presence of God, no matter where you are going, when the presence of God is with you, increases there. Quail begin to run to you. Manna begins to fall. Rocks begin to throw water. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. Deserts begin to produce. Wilderness begins to open. Why? Because where the presence of God is at, there's increase. There's increase. There's increase. I rebuke that spirit of cheap faith. I pray that you begin to have a rich faith in Christ. Not only to believe God for spiritual richness, but that you would begin to believe that that spiritual richness that is in you produces earthly blessings as well. I don't live this life saying, I'm not a ver como. No, God's going to provide. God's going to make a way. God's going to bless. God's going to prosper. God will do it. Don't you say, well, you know, I've got to be happy with what i got. No, don't you settle. The kingdom of God is not a settling kingdom. It is an increasing kingdom. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. You don't be afraid to ask God for great things. Don't be afraid to ask God for great things. Well, I feel embarrassed because, you know, I, 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 I'm not good in my Christian life. Don't you feel embarrassed? Faith doesn't need perfection. It needs will. The will to believe Him. Do you believe Him? I believe Him. It's enough. You'll see God bring increase in your life. I want you to stand to your feet with me this morning. I feel the presence of God. I feel an anointing of increase happening right now. Because that's God's promise to your life. Increase. Increase is the promise of God for your life. Right there where you're at, just raise your hand right now. Faith, faith, right now, faith. Faith. Do you know what I rejoice in? Sis, do you know what I rejoice in? I rejoice in that Jesus wasn't only walking to the cross. While he was walking there, he was providing. This is what believers forget. Because we say, while the message is to the cross. But as he was going to the cross, he was providing. He was multiplying. He was blessing. He was healing. Right? Jesus was making a way, calming storms, running devils. Come on, somebody. He was doing miracles, great things God was doing as he be, was going to the cross. And then when he came to the cross, he unleashed kingdom over earth for those who would believe. Kingdom was released through his person fleshly wise. In increase through the body, God was releasing miracles and increase in them. 
so that when he'd go to the cross, there would be an open window of heaven to his people for those who would believe. Jesus Christ in flesh right now is not present here, but the word of flesh is here. And this word has the power to bring increase. 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 When the word of truth, rema word, living word, active word, sharp word. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. When the word of truth, the living word of God is in your life, blessing and increase follows. Blessing and increase follows. You have the word this morning. Come on, raise your hand by faith. Begin to declare. Begin to declare the blessing of God. Begin to declare increase. I don't know where it is, but by faith right now, say it. Say it. Because before, before you even think it, God's going to begin to bring it. Before you think it, God's going to be able to bring it. He's going to begin to bring it. I don't know what you're qualifying for. I don't know what you're saving for. But God will bring it if you believe it right now. Believe it right now. I'm praying for not just two testimonies. I'm praying for a whole church of testimonies, of increase. We're going to be in weeks of increase because this word has just been deposited. You're going to be in weeks of increase in your job. You're going to be in weeks of increase in your business. You're going to be in weeks of increase in your body, health. You're going to be in weeks of increase in your businesses, in your ventures, in your saving. You're going to be in weeks of increase. God is bringing increase right now. And I pray it right now in the name of Jesus. Just begin to declare it. Raise your voice. Lift up your hands by faith. And just worship Him right now for increase. It's yours. It's yours. Come on, don't be quiet. The devil's a punk. Remember, don't you be quiet. Don't you be quiet. What you declare with your mouth shall be done by faith. Declare it. Declare it right now. Declare it. Declare it in the name of Jesus. Declare it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Bless him. Bless him. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord with worship. Because he's not a man like he should lie. He's not like a man that he should lie. He's not a father that abandons. Come on, somebody. He's not a father that abandons. He's a daddy. He knows our needs. He sees us. He sees our hearts. He's here. He's present for you. Come on, Father. You're here, God. You're here, God. I'm not alone, Lord. You see my needs, God. You see my hopes. You see it, God. You see it, God. 